tried to just like I was gonna, hold the mic. I was gonna fidget it. Oh my gosh! You kind of you get the boom mic look, today. Yeah, no, look, it's right at my at your Adam's apple. You got the boom. Well, it has to point at your mouth. There we go. No, no, it was at my chin just now. Okay, well, it should be good now. I think. Okay. There we go. No, no it was fine the way before. Right there. It right. has to point at All your right. mouth. All right. What if I stand straight though? No. Don't slouch, Jeff. It's so weird. I, to am see. Sl- I feel like I'm slouching. No, you're sitting very nicely. It's I weird that you have the, the boom mic. It's nice for once. This. All right, let's start a podcast. Like grab it and mess with everything. And <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. That's our nicest mic stand. We have a limited budget this month. <laughs> Are we going to start the podcast? Go ahead, go ahead, All right. go ahead. What's up, everybody? Josiah Leroy here with Mr. Jeffrey Pavlock. We just saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. Welcome to the Ant-Man and the Wasp spoiler cast. If you couldn't tell by the title there, we're going to spoil everything for the movie. So nothing is off limits here. If you haven't seen it, stop right now. Bookmark this. Come back to it after you've seen it. Uh, but if you have seen the movie, listen on. So as I said, I'm Josiah Leroy and Jeffrey. Jeffrey, Jeffrey. How are you, Jeffrey? Good evening, ladies and gents. Oh, it's been a while. You and I were doing yeah. this like every other week, if I not know. every week for a good long, jeez, a few months here in the first quarter of the year. Summertime, fun time, man. Oh my, look at me. Now I'm doing it. But this yeah. is the worst. Ah, 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 see, he, he's, playing with, he's, t- he's playing with the mic, Stanley. I was adjusting it. I was adjusting it. For the folks at home who can't see it, but you may be able to hear a little bit of tinkering there and there, uh, he is playing with a mic stand, which is normally my shtick. That's my gimmick. He's stealing it right I'm, now. I'm doing it better. So we're going to... Oh, no. I hit it again. Oh, maybe that's what happens. I think we both have fidgety hands, so <laughs> we hit the cord, and then it takes it out of position. I, no, I think put- I'm just a nightmare when it comes I to mic stands. I think that's very true. I don't really have an You can excuse. always tell on the waveform because there's like this... This thin up and down wave and it's a click yep just that's a click. yep that's jeff's <laughs> so uh yeah ant-man and the wasp what was avengers the last one you and i did the last spoiler cast spoiler cast i think it was yeah didn't do deadpool i was not here for deadpool i was not here for solo oh my gosh i was not here for jurassic world and so yeah that makes what happened with solo more. you had something going on right uh, i think i had to be up at like five the next oh, morning oh yeah that, that's what it was it was, it was a long rest. friday yes that's right so Ant-Man and the Wasp, the 20th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 20 movies, 10 years here. Yeah. That's a good pace. Yeah, for sure. That's very good. So it wasn't only two a year, if you average it out. It was one a year for the most part. Now we're up to three a year. That's kind of the norm for the MCU here. Yep. So we got Black Panther. We got the Avengers Infinity War. We now have Ant-Man and the Wasp. Next year, man, it can't get here soon enough. No. Captain Marvel. Yep. We've got Avengers Part 2. Indeed. Infinity or War Infi- Part 2. Yeah, Avengers 4, whatever you want to call it. And we've got Spider-Man Far Away From Home? I think far it's from just home? Far From Home. Far From Home. So what I mentioned to you was Infinity War specifically had such an emotional impact. I I can't stop thinking about it a few months later. It's still stuck with you, huh? Still, still stuck with me. Still haunts your dreams and the nightmares. The way... That everyone disappears <laughs> could not been have it couldn't have been crafted better. Yeah, they they kind of died. <laughs> I I know I'm just making it worse. It's that <laughs> they didn't even disappear. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what I mean. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. Anyway, with Ant Man, I I I looked at this as kind of the emotional comedy break that I needed. Sure. Much like I didn't know it at the time, but Thor Ragnarok was. Uh, and then honestly, before that, we had Guardians two. Right. And Spider-Man Homecoming, all lighthearted. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that we needed those before what was going to be such a heavy year. Because yeah. even you said it, Black Panther had its fair share of straight up depth and emotion. Yeah, it was a solemn movie at times. Solemn is the word you used. Mm-hmm. The Avengers obviously goes without saying how heavy that one was Man, and sticks that, with you. Those that last five scene, minutes. <laughs> Thanos looking at the sun and then everything going dark. Oh, boy. I get goosebumps thinking about it. Ant-Man and the Wasp had its fair share of emotion, different emotions, more family built. Mm-hmm. You had your heist elements like you did in the first one, which makes these uh, the Ant-Man movies in particular more action, uh, more, I guess, fast-paced, if you will. Yeah, they don't really crawl ever i thought the first half of this movie maybe the first third is better mm-hmm. or more accurate it wasn't moving as as well as i hoped pacing oh, okay. wise hmm. now you in the on the the ride home you said this was one of your more favorite uh mcu films i really en- yeah i really enjoyed this one i i don't know where it's gonna shake out in terms of my rankings i mean we just got done seeing it and i'm i'm always loath to um jump in on the hype and assign some absolutely exaggeratory praise on something, but I really enjoy this one. I think this one's going to land pretty high when all is said and done, even after it's uh, digested a bit. I don't even like reviewing a movie after seeing it once, which sounds ridiculous. I know. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. It's But Infinity War... You gotta let things marinate. I did see Infinity War once, but I went back a second time just to kind of validate that. Solo, a Star Wars story made sure I saw it twice before I could let everything sink in, and I feel like you get a better grasp on it. Um, I think uh, Pete Hur is going to be doing a review for this one for us, and uh, it's probably more middle of the road for me. I, it's really hard to say right now because, again, got to let it stew. I think I like the first one better, but this one is really, really close behind, if, if not. Uh, I think they were two of the more evenly matched first and second movies in in a superhero franchise than i've seen in a long time okay where there wasn't like your your origin story and then the next one just Uh. skyrocketed or maybe you had an explosive first movie and the second one was disappointing okay i felt like this was was pretty on par and um uh, box office wise it's it's tracking okay i know we've had uh, an interesting year box office wise because we've had black panther rake in over a billion we've had infinity war the, the basically the fastest mm-hmm. grossing movie ever. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, according to Variety.com, looks to start strong and eyes a, a debut between 70 and $80 million uh, when it launches on Friday. So that, of course, doesn't take into account preview night, which is tonight sure. for us, Thursday night. Uh, but, you know, that's not bad for 4th of July week when no. a lot of people are doing things outside, out of town, for what it's worth here, you know, Western New York, we've had great weather. Yeah. I would imagine that's most most uh, of the Northeast, at least. Yeah, most of America is bacon right now. We've uh, we've had a nice little run here, a nice string. So, uh, you and, know. And it's Ant-Man. It's, I mean, look, it's an MCU movie, but it you know, Ant-Man is not a mainstream superhero by any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. Um, and, uh, you know, that's those are good numbers. Those are where I would expect it to be. Overall, from everything you, we saw in the film, what, what's your impression of it? You know, what'd I, you like? What you didn't like? Okay, uh, I, I would say what I liked, and this was something similar to what I liked about the first one. Although I do think that this one did it much better. I really like how personal the conflicts are in this. Um, this is going to sound like the stupidest 
uh, most obvious pun, but they're very small scale. These Ant Man movies, and <laughs> what I really mean by are. that, what I mean by Focused. that, yeah, yeah, focus is also a good way to describe it. The conflicts that are going on in this don't really have world-changing ramifications. It's not like the entire planet is in danger most of the time. It's not like there's some um, uh, dark, destructive entity that's threatening all life. The The missions, the goals, are very personal for the characters. It's, um, it's trying to... You know, f- trying to find your wife, if it's the case of Hank Pym. It's um, trying to make your daughter proud of you, if it's uh, Scott Lang. It's these very, you know, it re- ultimately, what these people are trying to do only means anything to them. It doesn't mean anybody, mean anything to anything anybody else in the this other heroes, world. The other Avengers are not going to hear about these no. stories. It's not like, you know, if if like if uh, Ant-Man, Wasp and Hank Pym were to fail at what they were trying to accomplish in this mission, nobody's nobody else's lives are really affected by it. Right. So it's very personal to them and, you know, some you you know on paper you might say, well, you know, is the conflict really worth it then? Is it really compelling? And in in my opinion, it totally is with this because you like these characters. A conflict only means anything if the people who it's going to affect are people that we care about. And we, at least me, I care deeply about uh, Scott Lang, about Hope, about Hank Pym. I want to see them succeed. So even though their goals don't really have um, broad reach, they don't you know, encompass a lot of people with what they're doing, um, I care significantly if they fail or succeed because I, I, I care about the characters themselves. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. I, I care a lot about Ant-Man. Uh, Paul Rudd comes across as very genuine in this totally. role. Um, I, I wasn't always the the biggest fan of, of his. I, I didn't dislike him per se, but I think people always seem to really love him in his, he was more in comedies through we talked about throughout his life. I'm not a Judd um, Apatow guy. I'm, I'll tell you that much. Exactly. I'm, just, I'm not huge into many of those comedies, which Paul Rudd has been in. And that, that's a good way to put it. So when, we got to the original Ant-Man in 2015. I was I was a little skeptical. Sure. But I got there and I had a new kind of newfound love for for Paul Rudd, which is is funny to say because most people either had already, they had made their mind up on him before you got to Ant-Man. I really like him. I loved him in Civil War, Captain yeah. America Civil War that is. He, how he's kind of like the punk in the the outcast in the group and like when he meets Captain America, it's hilarious. He's got like a bro crush on him. He, he yeah. shakes his hand, he touches his pecs, um, and they even reference that throughout the movie a little bit. He's like, he calls him Cap, and uh, Hope is like, you call him Cap? <laughs> he he doesn't have the mindset of a superhero. No, not at all. You know, he's got the abilities, thanks for this, thanks to the suit, but he doesn't have the, um. You know, he he doesn't have the persona, I guess, of a superhero. He doesn't you think of himself as this almighty, ultra powerful being. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> he, just, he he treats himself like he's a normal dude. So some guy off the street. I uh, I can't wait to see what that means in the MCU moving forward, which mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to in in a bit here. But uh, Paul Rudd, another good performance there as Ant Man, uh, Evangeline Lilly, who I I really really love as an actress. Yeah. Uh, I think she's Same. she's the complete package when it comes to to acting. She's uh, she's very pretty. She's a great actress in the sense that um, 
you see her do stuff like The Hobbit. You see her do stuff like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. She's got a wide range of, of skills. She was in Hurt Locker. She was in Hurt Locker. I mean, that's, and that's a completely different movie tonally than anything we just mentioned. Exactly. Uh, her characters, to me, tend to instantly, they draw your eye. And the, like you said earlier with loving these characters, I think she's a big part of that. Uh, the family dynamic with the Pims is yeah. huge. And that was uh, such a central focus in this one where I don't think family's really been a huge topic in the, the MCU. R- a real central it, focus. And really in superhero movies in general, I'd say. It's not just MCU. That's for sure. It's, it's, that's a subject that isn't touched upon quite as much. In superhero movies, I should say. I mean, there's plenty of comics and you know television shows, what what have you, that would touch on that. But as, as far as these blockbuster movies go, no, definitely not. I didn't really know where this plot was going to be going, but I like that it followed the kind of the Pym family and and getting Hope's mom back. Yeah, that, that was big. Uh, Michael Douglas, I love. Yeah, I, <laughs> he's got a great uh, dry sense of humor Very. that works out <laughs> really well. Uh, you know. He's Michael Douglas. I, I just love that the MCU can say that it has Michael Douglas attached to it. You may have yeah, me too. This is the guy I think. You know, when you when I think of Michael Douglas, I think of uh, Wall Street. I think of the game. I think of Fatal Attraction. And that, but but then, you know, the MCU is attractive enough to this legendary actor that he wants to come in and be a part of it. And it's, he does such a great job at it. He obviously is not mailing it in. It says a lot. Very. Very much. You know, speaking of big name actors, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Like original cat. Well, okay, original film Catwoman. I'm sorry. That's nuts to me. I, you know, I, t- I almost forgot that she was going to be in this. Yeah. But that is a big deal. Uh, oh, very. She fit in beautifully mm-hmm. in really making that Pym family feel like a, a true living, breathing thing. That it wasn't an orchestrated family on screen. You know, sometimes the chemistry just isn't there. Yeah. And it was there. Mm-hmm. It absolutely was. So the um, man Michelle, I can't. A few years ago, you know, five six years ago, I wouldn't imagine that Michelle Pfeiffer would be in the MCU. Right. You got Michelle Pfeiffer. You got Michael Douglas. The, the we should figure out. We should rank all the the big name actors and actresses that were in the yeah MCU. You'd, you'd come up with a list, probably about a hundred. Yeah, by this point, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. Uh, Hannah John Kamen. I was not terribly familiar with her. Uh, she played Ghost. Mm-hmm. That was an intriguing character. Yeah, um, the powers and all that were really cool. Um, maybe it was just the way that the preview set it up, but I was a little surprised by how little impact she had on the plot. I, I don't feel like she really, and obviously she was important, but I don't feel like she really played quite as large a role as I was expecting her to. I kind of felt like she did. I thought she was, um, I always felt like she was lurking. yeah. And maybe some of that is the fact that there were so many, so many enemies or foes, what whatever you want to call them, coming after um, Ant Man, Wasp, and Hank Pym. You had the FBI after them. You had Walton Goggins' character, um, Birch, I believe that was his name. You had um, Lawrence Fishburne's character and uh, Ghost. So you kind of had like three enemies, so to say coming after the heroes in this movie but so it, maybe that's why ghost got you know, didn't quite shine as i was expecting her to that's fair i think though her struggle felt pretty real yeah definitely and that 
she didn't really feel so much like a villain, but nope. more like, hey, you know, I've, I've had a really messed up life. I uh, I need to fix this and to, to understand what her pain was like, what she was going through. And that was almost a tear-jerking scene towards the end when Michelle Pfeiffer comes up and basically heals her. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's you know, a consistent thing that we say here on the Geekiverse. There's a difference between a villain and an antagonist. Always. Completely different character types. And even with Lawrence Fishburne, he... You knew he was good when uh, basically Hank, Hope, and Scott are tied up, and yeah. he makes the call to they. You know, Hank's faking a heart attack. Mm-hmm. He goes and gets what they he thinks is going to be pills for him, according to to Hope, and the it's altoids. not it's the Altoids, <laughs> of course. You know, something's with that because you know he's like, "Don't touch those." <laughs> but uh, I right at that moment and throughout the rest of the movie, even him not allowing her to go after Scott's daughter. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, he's got, he's got a moral code. When when you get into the gray area in films, when it comes to protagonists and antagonists, I think that makes it a lot deeper. I agree 100%. Uh, Cuz you don't want you don't always want to hate the villain, but No, I yeah. E- even to a point like Thanos, even though it's not totally justified, you see why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. There is a rationale behind it. There's something other than he just wants to hurt people. Right. Uh, But anyway, filmography here for uh, Ghost here. So Hannah John Kamen. Mm -hmm. Ready for this for her first credited film? First credited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Force Awakens. Really? First Order Officer number one. (laughs) So uh, she's probably on one of the Star Destroyers. I would imagine in just uh-huh. not yeah, yeah. not a stormtrooper, but just the the first order kind of the the hat I there. I see. Uh, <laughs> that's it until this year. Wow. Tomb Raiders. I didn't know this. Oh. I didn't even occur to me, and I saw Tomb Raider that yeah. she was Sophie. Okay. Uh, Ready Player One as well. She was Xandor, which I didn't know about. Oh. Interesting. Wow. So she's had quite the year. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm really disappointed that I didn't catch that because I loved Ready Player One. I would have felt like that. I, I would have recognized her then. Also, Goggins was the yeah. the main, a uh, true villain, by the way. And yeah, and he was definitely he's a the villain. In <laughs> Even seeing him in this, I was like, <laughs> this guy again? I'm seeing yeah, him no, twice. He, he's always a scumbag. He looks in, like in a most jerk. of the movies that he plays. Uh, he's f- I bet you anything he's the nicest guy in the world. No, I, I and <laughs> I, I think you're right on that because I've watched some like behind the scenes featurettes of various movies that he's been in and he seems super down to earth. He's probably he just seems like he'd shake your hand, say right. hi, how's your day mm-hmm. going, you know. He would tre- you know, he would treat every fan very well if you wanted to meet yeah. him. It's not his fault. He just comes off like a jerk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh she's got a nice uh, television credit here. I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent, but uh, uh she's in Black Mirror. Uh, let's see. The Syndicate. Ah. She was in uh, Game of Thrones briefly. Okay. Which is not a show that uh, you and I watch, but nope. she was in the episodes The Oathbreaker and Book of the Stranger, and then uh, again Black Mirror this year, as a different character, of course. I have not watched Black Mirror, but I have heard lovely things about it. Lastly, she's got two voiceover credits to her name in the form of video games. Uh uh-huh. Dark Souls one and two. That's Neat. pretty cool. Yeah, that is. So this is really, uh, this is a young really woman. I need, we need to keep her eye on definitely. here. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds like she's she's going to be an up and coming actress here. Sounds uh, like she's it. from England and she is twenty eight. So it sounds like she's just on the cusp of what's going to be a cool, pretty awesome career. 
Hope so, at least. Um, so Goggins character, you know, the Southern accent, all that was, uh, was kind of funny. Um, he worked. I, w- I was fine with it. He really is such a cool dude in person, it seems like. He just gets all these scumbag characters it really does. to play. It's so funny. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, great to get him in the MCU. Yeah. Loved his role. Uh, and I, I kept thinking back to um, working at the him working at the Daily Planet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, it's weird how many actors cross over from the DCEU we're, to the MCU. Yeah. yeah and vice versa. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could say, uh, in, uh, obviously, it's not DCU, but like I said, Michelle Pfeiffer was Catwoman. In That's true. Batman. You got Lawrence Fishburne working at the Daily Planet now coming over to this. Um, one character that we would have eventually gone to anyways, uh, Randall Park's character. He's going to show up at, in Aquaman later this year. Do you remember the episode of The Office he was in? No, I do not. I, I know him from other things, but I don't remember The Office episode. There's an episode where Jim makes Dwight believe that Oh, my God, now I know what it is. <laughs> it's where he, he impersonates Jim in The Office, right? Kisses Pam. Yeah. <laughs> the replaces pictures. the family pictures. Now I remember. He's an, he's an Asian Jim, basically. Yeah, that's it's right. absolutely one of the best... Uh, Jim, pr- you know that should be an article. I'm writing that down. The best Jim pranks. Yeah, that that's our next ranked, huh? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that, uh, that it's so funny at the Geekiverse. We we measure a lot of a lot of numbers when and we see metrics and traffic and all this stuff. I wrote an article, not this past Halloween, but 2016, the ranking the Halloween Office episodes, and it is consistently one of our most viewed articles. What a weird thing. It doesn't make sense. I sh- I should do the Christmas ones too. You kind of have to at this point. I think it would make sense. Uh, let's see here. Randall Park. You already mentioned. Uh, I I never know how to pronounce Kurt's last name. It's it's David Dastmalshian. He's one of the trio. Oh okay. He was in Dark Knight, if you recall. Um. He's the guy that is being uh, interrogated in the chair by Two Face. Okay. I he just has such a memorable I face. See. Ironically enough, he was on Gotham as well. Wow. Uh, for a few episodes. Yeah, dude, you know, you know, like these actors, if they like superheroes, yeah, they, they're not gonna. Their agents pursue that. Yeah, you know? they're not, they're not just gonna say, oh, Mar- strictly Marvel, strictly DC. Sure, sure. Uh, Ti is Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, the third member of that trio, <laughs> Mr. Michael Pena. Louise. Jeez Louise. Quickly becoming one of my favorite MCU characters. Anytime he is on screen, you can't help but be delighted. Dude, he, he's always smiling. That's the best part. <laughs> he's always got that dumb grin on his face. How how funny does he talk? Like, it's, it's he can say anything. Pretty much. He can be like, hey, Josiah, I'm Michael. And I'd be like, oh, that's so funny. Um, So... You and I, huge Michael Pena fans, just from these two movies alone, seeing those three work together is is magic. Yeah. If we get an Ant Man three at any point, those three need to be together again. One hundred percent. I really, I really like that. You know, very subtly, their characters evolve so much because in the first one, they're they're basically criminals. I mean, like you know, no embellishing it. They're criminals, and now they in are. this one, they're hardworking, honest guys. You know, try just trying to make a living, doing it completely straight. They feel like a bunch of college kids who are trying to work a yeah. create a business out of a basement. And have kind of, you know, grown up now. And uh 
Uh, let's go through the trajectory for these three in the movie. So we start off, they, they've started a business, Scott's desk. So Scott's uh, under house arrest. Ex-con, no less. The name of the business is just hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. First time we see it. Scott's desk is basically a table that garbage picked. They've got a nice office. They're dressed nicely, trying to make it work. Ex-con, <laughs> I kick it over it. And uh, Luis loses it because they, they bought... Raspberry Entenmann, <laughs> because that is going to just put them over the edge. Those two for three Entenmanns that you can usually buy at any grocery store. I mean, it's two for three dollars, I mean. But no, that's going to ruin their budget. So they argue about what to eat for breakfast, how you can have a cheaper breakfast, and that was just wonderful. Little do we know, middle of the movie, that scene would kind of be brought up again. So we get a legendary monologue from Luis where he tells a story. He tells the story he was asked to tell after he's given quote-unquote truth serum <laughs> by Walton Goggins' character. And uh, basically, it's where is Scott Lang? And he's telling him where he's at emotionally. Damn funny. He goes through the whole thing. We see Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd both basically mouthing what he's saying <laughs> and the whole sass, uh, the way that Michael would say it very fast as well. Like I said to you, man, the image of Evangeline Lilly. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. with Michael Pena's voiceover for her is just the funniest thing I've seen in the longest time. Michael Pena should start a YouTube channel where he voices over things. <laughs> that would be legendary. So we get that, and we realize he really, really got mad at the Entenmanns because they were close to going out of business, and that would put them over the edge, <laughs> essentially, financially. And uh, he said he was a it was bad bossing. Bad bossing. That's <laughs> absolutely r- hilarious. They couldn't pay rent anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they got to close this deal, otherwise they, you know, they're going to go out of business. And uh, <laughs> Walton Goggins goes, literally speaking, where is Scott Lang? And he goes, oh, he's in the woods. <laughs> um, I'm so happy that they were also pretty integral to the plot. Yeah, they were they were important and not just secondary for their comedy. Agreed. Marvel does a good job of hashing that out. That scene is the hardest I've laughed in a while in a movie theater. And then on because then on top of it, ghosts popping in on Nora and everyone's <laughs> reactions just seem so genuine to it. <laughs> T.I. I love it. I know the look on his face is priceless. Walter Walton Goggins probably jumps five feet in the air. Just, that whole scene is absolutely had me roaring from start to finish. What a cast, man. <laughs> I think in terms of the individual uh, kind of smaller story s- movies. That's that's one of the better casts. Uh, that kind of just took the ball and ran with it. And Paul Rudd was uh, credited as being a co-writer on this, really, which I I can totally see. Yeah. So you know, kudos to the, to them for making that work. Um, such a lovable dude. Really, he's such a great Scott Lang. Man, wouldn't it be a just the worst thing to find out he was a jerk in real life? Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah oh, yeah. that'd be the worst. I was worried about that with uh, with John Heater. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So we get I got to sit down with him at uh, Nickel City Con last month. He was exactly how I kind of imagined and hoped he would be. Just very funny, goofy, everything you see in the movies. Uh, last actor or actress I wanted to mention was um, Abby Ryder Fortson. So that is Scott Lang's daughter. Uh, again, I like that she was also an integral part. I like that we've got the same actress from the first film. Um, their relationship drives a lot of what Scott does. Yeah, it drives everything that he does. 
and I love even to the point where she wants to be his partner and he says he wants hope to be his partner and she kind of gets it even though she's disappointed and uh, it's just it's a really good dynamic father-daughter it's one of the the better father-daughter relationships I've seen on screen totally Uh, I like the end sequence where before the credits uh, there the three of them are in a car a shrunk down car at what you assume is a regular drive-in but it's a laptop right they're watching some some old sci-fi. Right. Now, uh, we've gone through the cast. The emotional impact on the film, in terms of being funny, in terms of being really family-driven, um, how how did you feel about that change of pace a little bit? Like this was, a, I think, a more of a, a close-to-home story than we've seen. Where, like you said earlier, they're trying to find Hope's mom. Yeah. Um, again. Ant-Man's trying to do everything for, for his daughter. Uh, I think the timing of everything, coming up to the end of his house arrest, to them running out of time to find Hope's mom, all tied into it. Even to a lesser degree, Ghost kind of softening up at the end. Right. How did you feel about that overall dynamic? No, I loved it a lot. Um, I think what you see a lot in this movie is that um, some the, the perception of a loved one means more to many of these characters than um, any other kind of well-being. What, what I mean by that is like, for example, Scott Lang was literally a day, if not less away from being off his house arrest, but he would have gladly risked going to jail because Cassie basically implies that she wants to see him be a superhero and disobey his house arrest. And he's you know, he's willing to risk his uh, legal status in order to be the hero that she believes in him. Hank Pym is more than willing to risk going into the quantum realm um, to find his wife. It, same with Hope. She's willing to do it herself. All of these characters are, you know, they, they, they're driven by what a love by even as you know as little as a single loved one's perception of them than any other kind of well-being, wealth, status, legal status. And I, and I think that means and that's especially I think special in a superhero movie where usually the um the the conflicts, the ramifications, the consequences are usually so um, apocal and cosmic and when you just you know when you get down to what you know the most important things are the little things in life i think it i think it stands out do you think it was an emotional break after seeing infinity war do you feel like yeah this was great i could kind of go to the movies kick back relax and sure. not worry about too much because there's plenty of comedy in this um and then also like i really love the dynamic of the action sequences in this where you're constantly seeing the juxtaposition of small tiny you know small and tiny and then large um i think that is just a super super cool way to do action sequences um yeah that was tough to nail i would imagine yeah like i said there's you really like there's always going to be something different popping up (laughs) whether it's enlarging something as little as a salt shaker into something gigantic whether there's you know sizing down and then basically becoming human bullets um, the car, the, the, the chase sequence with the cars at the end was super um, cool, super well shot. I can't imagine that that's even remotely easy to choreograph. The larger than life 
Hello Kitty Pez the Spencer. Yeah, you got Pez, bro. <laughs> right, I, and, I mean, that, and like you know, the first movie did that with like the to- the giant Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, just like and it's silly stuff like that. It's you know sometimes it's just it's enjoyable to kick back and enjoy the you know um, the, the more kinetic pleasures of these movies. The more I think, uh, the more this marinates. The more I think about the movie as we talk here, the more I enjoy it. Yeah, uh, th- that's for sure. It's kind of sinking in here a bit. Um, so, you know, in leading into the the emotional aspect that I thought one thing has not left my mind since the we left the theater and that is where we get to the post credit sequences oh man why right do, why you gotta do this to us Marvel seriously Marvel damn it right back to Infinity War so we knew something was gonna happen yeah. we knew something was gonna happen I thought maybe even possibly possibly during the movie we didn't get that so we get to our, our first of two post credit scenes by the way, Stan Lee's cameo was funny as always. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Partied too much in the 60s and now he's paying for it, he says. Um, we get Hank, Hope, Michelle Pfeiffer's Wasp, and we get Ant-Man. Uh, they are all basically conducting an experiment regarding the quantum realm. Uh, Scott Lang goes... To, to jump in the, the sequence here to go into the quantum realm. And um, as, as soon, by the way, as the sequence started, my heart was pounded. Yeah. Like, seriously. You're just scared to death. I got to look at my Fitbit and see what happened there. Uh, dead silent in the theater. Not a sound. And they're about to bring Scott Lang back. And they count down. And you know something's oh, going to happen. The, the dread was just palpable palpable is a perfect word because you knew what that countdown was truly for oh horrible <laughs> five four three two one oh at, they, didn't, they didn't even get to one at, at two <laughs> not scott does not disappear right everything goes radio silent and the other three fade away and you know as soon as they stop countdown you know what happened That's i got goosebumps part. right now That's the again worst part so, I thought, without a doubt, Scott was going to disappear. And they were going to be like, okay, very funny Scott. Where's Scott? What are you doing? Come back. Uh, and I thought they were going to think they lost him in the quantum realm, even right. though they've started to figure out how to utilize it. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> or I thought maybe Michelle Pfeiffer's character was going to go, and they were going to be like, we just got her back. <laughs> it was going to be this emotional thing. Marvel... T- Pulls a 180 on where I thought this was going, and that's what I remember this movie for now. Yeah, is that end sequence? Like, we knew it was coming, yet the theater let out a collective gasp. Still, for those of us that stayed, by the way, really, really, we're leaving a Marvel movie early. I, what? I don't even know what to say. Nope, nobody likes to see you know beloved characters die disappear whatever however you want to you know you know label it <laughs> i thought this might serve as a bit of a okay this will satisfy our our marvel thirst for now seeing that we're not getting another movie until march yeah we got a long wait for another mcu movie let alone avengers which is the thing that everyone really cares about in may of 2019 but it is only heightened yeah. my need to see that next movie and find out where everything goes. Yeah, because now 
this sets up a v- extremely interesting predicament for Scott Lang. One, how does he get out of there? And two, what you know, the quantum realm has got to play some kind of huge importance now. If he's stuck in there, if he's got what looks like can you know concentrated essence of it. Oh my gosh! And we've seen with this movie and a little bit from the first Ant-Man movie that the the quantum realm, especially once you get past the void. Um, there is some degree of time travel that can occur with it. There definitely is. They even said it in the movie tonight, okay. time works differently in go. the quantum realm. That has to play a role then either in Captain Marvel or um, in uh, uh, Infinity War Part 2, Avengers 4, however, whatever you want to name that. So Just yeah, brutal. Like, it, it, he's, uh, Scott Lang has got to have a major um, duty coming up then in that case. I really figured if they wanted to, this was going to be a way to move away from from Paul Rudd, just in case. He's not a cheap actor. He's a very, very, very well-established name before he hit the MCU. And I thought, hey, maybe they're going to take Evangeline Lilly's Wasp, and she's going to be a part of that group where we've got the original Avengers, we've got Captain Marvel, and then maybe we've got her. Yeah. And then plus Rocket Raccoon. Uh, But it appears, like you said, Ant-Man now... Is is very important to what happens right in the next Avengers movie. I can't. I just. I could. We could probably talk about the weight and the meaning of this scene for ten more minutes easily. Oh, why you got to do that, Marvel? I walked out of the theater. It's all I can think about. It sits with me. Just so. It's so heavy. Um, what was even the other? Oh, the other scene. This was a little eerie to me too. So basically, we see the ant playing the drums. It's kind of funny, but. The different imagery around the house yeah. was haunting. Yeah. Well, that, what do you call it? The the TV? Yeah. What do you call that? Where the... It said, like, emi- no signal? Yeah. It, okay. There's a It was the emergency it. broadcast. Hey, thank you. That's it. Where you see, like, the, the different color bars of color. Oh, my god. Because that just tells you that... Yeah. Thanos literally got rid of half the world. I thought for some reason the ant was going to disappear. You know, society is completely yeah. broken down, essentially. Civilization ain't really existed anymore you know a few times during that final battle there was one particular moment because as the movie went on i was looking for it so maybe it was in my head but anyway evangeline lily and she might have been with michael pena they turned around and looked and i heard a car crash and i thought maybe someone disappeared in a car crash Uh kind of like you see with sam jackson at the end Oh, my gosh. So here we go. We've got a long way to go before we get our next fill of MCU movies. But we've got Avengers next year. We've got Captain Marvel, which is very highly anticipated, as well as uh, Spider-Man sequel. So it's another really freaking good year for Marvel, let alone all the 2019 movies we're looking forward to. God, whether it's 2019 is going to be one of the greatest years in blockbuster I think it's going to be as good as 2017. Ever. Yep. It just matters. If not better. It all comes if down to better. the quality. Yeah. So we've got John Wick Chapter 3, Star Wars Episode 9, Wonder Woman 2, um, Bond 25, Shazam, Shazam, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Do we have um, anything else, DC? Because Aquaman's this year. No. Okay. No, it's Shazam and Wonder Woman next year. That's, at that's le- pretty at good. Le- at least for cinema. That's, that's pretty, yeah. Yeah, that's cinema fine. Wise, those, that's, yeah, those could be great. Um, There's probably, there's definitely more we're not thinking about. Hellboy, there's How to Train Your Dragon 3. Uh, what do you call it? Fast and Furious spinoff, Toy Story 4. One movie this year I'm looking forward to that's under the radar is the animated Grinch with Benedict oh. Cumberbatch. Okay. 
I like that. Yeah, it's definitely under my radar. <laughs> I, I'm, that's going to be a nice little holiday movie. Can't wait for that. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up here for the Ant-Man and the Wasp spoiler cast. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, does that post credit scene way half as much on you as it does on me? Tell us what you thought about the plot. How much do you love Luis? Do you love him as much as we do? Probably not. Anyway, uh, leave us your comments on all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we're going to plug just a few things here for thegeekiverse.com. Jeff, you've got a busy busy summer here going on, but uh, what can you plug for thegeekiverse.com? Uh, well, I got, I'll be playing Octopath Traveler very soon, so I might be taking oh, the yeah. review for that. We'll, we'll Forgot see. about that. Yeah, we'll see which one of our lucky crew members uh, gets that assignment. Otherwise, I've got some um, interviews with a few authors coming up. Um, you'll know their names once I can confirm them. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think I think that's it for July. I'll, I'll save I'll save my August endeavors for another podcast. We can uh, we can see your uh, John Cassier panel. Ah, uh, yes, yes. John Cassier panel is up as well as my panel with the Young Bucks. Very good stuff. Uh, Both uploaded to YouTube as we as as we speak. Did we post Steve Flum? I don't remember. We have, uh, no, his is posted. Yes. Okay. I couldn't. Uh, it's been a crazy summer so Go far. Go find our YouTube channel to watch that. So you can check out all those videos at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse as well as the written content right at www.thegeekiverse.com. One more thing we want to plug here. Our Patreon is getting a bit of an overhaul. So patreon.com slash thegeekiverse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. That is a paid subscription. That's where you can pay as little as a dollar a month and you get exclusive perks. Uh, It goes a long way for the Geekiverse in terms of supporting what we do and how we're able to bring you content uh, the more you pledge, the the more perks you get. But you can check that out again. That's at patreon.com slash thegeekiverse. We'd appreciate you taking a look and seeing if there's something uh, that you might be able to contribute there for us. Hey, Josiah, what does Patreon do? Uh, I don't want. I don't want to say it this time. No, you're gonna have to. Uh, do I have to? You have Is to. It part of the contract. You say, you say it every time, man. Come every, on. Everyone says it. That's why I didn't want to say it this time. Like, say uh, it. Patreon.com helps keep the lights on Thank for the Geekiverse. You. There it is. You happy? Yeah, you I am. Yeah, happy, I am. Pappy. Yeah, I am. You know one thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, it's good to see your sunburn has finally disappeared. Oh, thank God! <laughs> I was convinced I was going to be healing from that when I was thirty-five. Uh, you've had some tough luck when it came it comes to our E threes. <laughs> so last year you basically disappeared by wearing a green shirt. Oh yeah. This year you, you got. Uh, hey, I was disappearing before <laughs> Thanos. I was disappearing oh! before Infinity War made it cool. Everyone. It was a little foreshadowing. Everybody we just snapped our fingers. Yeah, and then this year I had a freaking. I got sunburned really bad at the beach. It's just on my back. You can't see it. I had like I had like a fourth degree sunburn. I think. Did it hurt or w- did it get itchy really quick? Um. It honestly. It wasn't. It didn't really hurt that bad. It just looked ridiculous. <laughs> I looked like a fire. I hydrant. saw the, the first. Yeah. The, when I was in LA, I saw the first video, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. Pop Lux in so much pain." Yeah. Right everybody now. would always ask me, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it didn't really feel that bad." I'll tell you when it did hurt the very first time, and I didn't realize it. Um, how, just how raw my skin was pulling a t-shirt on over the bridge of my nose. Oh. Yeah. I may or may not have screamed <laughs> oh my gosh that's rough well glad that that's finally gone but yeah anyway patreon key, uh, keeps the light on so that's good so uh for me you can find me on twitter at josiah DeLeroy. he's at jeffrey povs and um for me i'm gonna have uh some, some more written content that I, i'm not gonna share just yet 
for later this month, but I can tell you we'll have more coverage from some of the hands-on impressions that we got at E3 from some games uh, such as Control, uh, the brand new Walking Dead game from Overkill, and Dying Light 2, which is awesome, I can confirm. So keep it uh, locked there if you like E3, if you like video games, anything like that. But uh, let's see here. Next, um, I don't know if we're going to do a spoiler cast for Mission Impossible, but I think that's probably the next big movie that's on the radar, at least for yeah. us. So that's the end of the July here. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Again, visit us on social media. Tell us what you thought about the movie. For Jeff, I'm Josiah. We'll see you very soon. Have a good day.